everyone to episode 402 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host Dan. I'm Will. Today's topic is going to be a retro review for Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, if you caught my wife and I's rookie camp from Sunday night, the one with the quiet speaking volume, sorry about that, uh, we did we did Super Mario Sunshine and uh, I think Will even, was it you that suggested uh, we do a retro review for it this yeah. week? Yeah. Well, yeah, I saw a little bit of your rookie camp. I didn't see all of it at the time and I was thinking to myself... We're doing a retro game review, because like always, we came up with the episode idea at the last second. Yeah, it was Monday uh, night when we were, we're having, recording Pond Hockey. Yeah, we ha- we're having a hard time coming up with an episode, and Super Mario Sunshine, I kind of want the game to be remade really badly. I think out of all of Nintendo's older games, I think Mario Sunshine can get the most out of a remake. Um, so I was like, let's do a retro game review on it. Yeah. It's good timing for it, too. Um, some... I mean, there's always a good time for Nintendo stuff, really. Oh, yeah. Uh, it does very well, evergreen-wise, so. And like I said, my wife and I had just done the, the Rookie Camp, oh, which I will start playing in the for those in the in the chat on our live stream at Thumbstick Athletes, or twitch.tv slash Thumbstick Athletes, yes. Uh, so that's going to be our main topic, Retro Review. I'm also going to gloss over some reviews from when the game came out, because I had misremembered some things about it, so we'll talk about mm. that. Um, do you have anything you want to tease for later on in the episode, Will? Oh, man. I've been playing a disgusting amount of Assassin's Creed Origins recently. Mm-hmm. I think I played until 4 o'clock last night. Nice. Um, I'm very close to beating it, so I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, other than that, I don't, that's the only thing I've really been putting all my time into. Uh, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, once I started it, I just got sucked in and haven't felt like playing anything else. So. Nice. That's what I've been doing. Uh, I played a lot more Sekiro. Shadows Die Twice, so I will be talking a little bit about that. Uh, and then I also picked up uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker after I have not having not played that for quite a while. So, do you have that on Switch? I do. Okay. I wasn't sure which console you had it for. Yep, physical physical copy too. Dang. Uh, which is nice. So, I will be talking about that. So first, let's get to Super Mario Sunshine. Uh, so. My wife asked me uh, how this game was received when we did this video, mm-hmm. and I seem to remember it not being received all that well, but I went back and read some of the reviews and checked out the Metacritic score, and it was glowing, positively glowing. I don't know where uh, I get the idea that it wasn't as well received as some of the Mario games, but... So, let me put it into perspective. Okay. This is the Mario version of Wind Waker. I could see that. I remember, because I remember this too, Dan, people weren't as high on Sunshine and Wind Waker as they were every other single Mario and Zelda game to ever come out. Um, But now looking back on it, I feel like Sunshine and Wind Waker are some of the more fondly remembered games. Um, I don't know. More time has passed. Yeah, I don't know if it's just because of the age we were in. This came out in 2002, which is the year I graduated from high school. So maybe I wasn't as much into Mario at that point. I know I didn't play that much of it. Um I played it for a little bit on my GameCube, but I didn't. I didn't sync the time in it that I put into the other Mario games. Uh, and then Wind Waker is the same thing. Like I, I feel like maybe just I, I was at an age where that didn't appeal to me as much as it would like now. Yeah, I don't think I even played it that much when it first came out either. I think I played it 
I don't want to say on podcast, like when we're recording, although I might have. If somebody does know, they'll let us know. But I do seem to remember playing it when I was older and um, loving it. Yeah. So I don't know why I didn't like it as much when I was a kid. <clears throat> right. But. Yeah, so I'll go over some of the reviews. I, pull, I pulled up two. I pulled up IGN and GameSpot. Obviously, they're still they're still huge now. The Mario Sunshine from GameSpot was was reviewed by Jeff Gersman, actually. Really? Who, who we know well. Uh, this review was not that high on the game. They gave it an 80 or 8 out of 10. Uh, and one of the things he said was, on its own merit, Super Mario Sunshine is a solid game with a really distinctive look and some great moments, but it also has its fair share of shortcomings. So um, I didn't read the entire review. I, I glossed over a lot of it. Um, I'll read the last sentence, too, because that always sums up everything nicely. Again, this is from Jeff Gersman from Games, GameStop, uh, or GameSpot, I'm sorry, August 2002 when the game came out. So that was uh, 16 and a half years ago. He said, he writes, The Mario series has always been nothing short of incredible. If you've been playing video games for even a few years and have tried to come up with a list of the best games ever made, chances are you've placed at least two or three Mario games high on that list. But Super Mario Sunshine has trouble living up to that legacy. On its own merits, Super Mario Sunshine is a solid game with a really distinctive look and some great moments, but it also has its fair share of shortcomings. While the game isn't overly difficult, too many of the game's goals are the short are the sort that make you think, well, at least I had no I'll never have to do that again. Immediately after completing them, uh, immediately after completing them, while some games will be able to look past or even embrace the fact that Super Mario Sunshine sticks extremely close to the Super Mario 64 formula, others will find that the game suffers from lack of innovation. The game's technical issues and often gimmicky design are still tougher to ignore, and they combine to make the game seem surprisingly unpolished and somewhat rushed at times. In the end, though, there's enough Super Mario Sunshine to warrant a purchase, uh, enough in Super Mario Sunshine to warrant a purchase, particularly when you consider that there aren't really any decent platforms to be found in GameCube, and that is really the only new Mario game out there. So that yeah. was Jeff Gersman, 2002. Inter- circa 2002. Interesting. Yeah. So that, um, was, that was probably that was probably the lowest reviewed of all the bigger review places. Um, there was someone on, because like I said, I, I sorted through the uh, Metacritic reviews, and there, someone gave it a 60. Um, of, of course. Yeah, so I didn't, didn't, didn't end up reading that one, but it, a lot of them... Where the a lot of the sites and stuff and magazines are are now defunct too. So that was as I said, sixteen and a half years ago. It's a long time in internet age. Yeah. So, we, so it's good you picked ones that are relevant and people know. Yeah, that they're the they're the biggest ones on there that are still like relevant and and, and going strong, going strong today. So, um, so before you get talk about the other the other robber view i think mario sunshine is a lot different from the other mario games yeah it is. um tonally setting uh i put like galaxy and sunshine kind of in the different category yeah uh out of all the mario games i don't know how you feel about that yeah i mean even as far as the 3d mario mario games go they're definitely they're definitely their own thing i mean really as, uh, once again, we my my wife and I talked about this when we were doing the the rookie camp. Um, 
in this one you have like a, a jet a water pack on your back and that's a lot of the controlling of the game you know it's the, yeah, yeah spraying the water out of the nozzle and then it, it allows you to hover a little bit too uh and that's definitely a different mechanic even even mario galaxy like uh it's still mostly just the platforming stuff um some of the controls are similar to mario 64 some are not uh, yeah the main thing we struggled with and both of us struggled with this a little bit was the controls are inverted oh yeah yeah uh, which was very frustrating and hard to maintain actually um both the left and right and up and down when you're uh aiming the the flood device to shoot water were inverted now i could switch the the left and right so that was normal but i couldn't switch the up and down so it was inverted and it, it was very hard to control uh so uh but we did use my wired gamecube controller um i i should say too we played it at it i don't know if you could hear on the video but we played it i have the the actual physical copy of the game so sitting on my shelf over there uh, but we played the emulated version of it uh, which i bumped up the resolution a little bit and made it look a little bit nicer um than it does normally yeah and we play it played on pc so yeah no um the <laughs> the flood i think it's the it's fall it's called flood right yep, is the name F-L-U-D-D. of the D. yeah is um changes how the game is played in my opinion because you control most of the distance platforming with it yeah um being able to like bridge large gaps and clean up the island and stuff like i feel like that fundamentally changes the gameplay um and i thought galaxy also had gameplay changing things of it being in space and like how you bounce between uh planets to planets whereas as i look at like mario odyssey mario 64 um mario 3d world are kind of set in similar worlds that we've seen before whereas like delfino plaza and obviously outer space are just so different yeah you know what i mean mario odyssey is kind of split between those two because the whole uh cappy mechanic yeah um, the only thing that makes that like different different is that you turn into different things and control different things that's uh, but true. that's only a very very small part of the game the flood in in mario sunshine is the entire game you know yeah. it's there the entire game so mm-hmm. and the the whole like uh island tropical vibe that they went for on mario sunshine i think yeah. it was really well executed as well i think it was a really different like uh setting for a mario game most of the mario games take place like in the mushroom kingdom you're going to the the ice world the snow level the sand world like you know you're kind of doing the same things but when you play mario sunshine it was just like it was all tropical like hawaiian islandy kind of feel to it yeah Uh, and it was a lot different and the story is like eco-friendly mario yeah was like this one well one thing i had completely forgotten that happens at the beginning of the game is is mario actually gets arrested and thrown in jail yep (laughs) i had completely forgotten that whole part and because he has like a clone of him uh who i haven't quite figured out but it's like a like a dark mario is is going around polluting delfino plaza um so you know mario gets gets framed for it actually and his his community service is to to go and his punishment is to go out and, and clean up delfino plaza so they let him out just to do that i was laughing when i watched that that <clears throat> scene happen uh yeah i had completely forgot about all that so 
I did too, because uh, I, I never really remembered why Mario was doing that in the first place. And then when you see it again for the first time and God knows how long, you're like, oh, yeah, he got arrested. Yeah. Yeah, but, that was good um, stuff. No, and I think Mario Sunshine would benefit from a remaster. Yeah. I think more than any of the older Mario or yeah, the older Mario games. I think this game, if they upresed everything, you know, pretty much even like a remake of it, we, I think this game would look gorgeous. Yeah, and it, it looks. I don't know if you could did any any visual comparisons between the original version and <clears throat> excuse me, my my upresed PC version. It looks pretty good, just with higher resolution and a little like anti-aliasing. Yeah. Um, and and and. Uh, frame frame buffering and stuff it, it looks it looks good you know yeah um even even just that and then some tightening up of the controls i think it would be fine as like a a, a port you know mm-hmm. and one of the things i think when the switch was coming out was that it was capable of running gamecube games uh and the big thing was they were gonna have gamecube games on the virtual console obviously they've since destroyed the virtual console but i'm hoping they can still get gamecube Uh, games in some capacity on the nintendo switch yeah i don't think we've seen the end of uh nintendo's virtual console plants like i call it virtual console for lack of a better word right they'll Uh, have something some way to play these old games because people buy them like people like i have copy you know on my wii u i have a bunch of old games that i play my kids play um, but I would buy them again on the Switch just because that's what I have. That's what I play. I would I would drop twenty bucks on Mario sixty four right now. You know, Dan, I don't even think about it. Do you know how much money I would spend right now if Nintendo uploaded all of their libraries for all of their past consoles yeah. onto the Switch? I would honestly probably spend like five hundred dollars. Yeah, just to have those and have them with you all the time. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's great. I would buy every old Mario, every old Zelda, every Pokemon game. Like, I would own all of those almost immediately of them being put up. Um, I'm doing it right now with Final Fantasy. Do you know I own Final Fantasy VII on literally every single console I've ever owned? Everything it's ever been on. Yep, doesn't... I still went and bought it again for the Switch, so, like... It's just... I don't know what it is, but it's just... Nintendo is sitting on a gold mine, honestly. Yeah, they really are. Um... But yeah, Dan, what, uh, what, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't see the entire video, but what was Val thinking of Sunshine? Um, she doesn't necessarily like the 3D Mario platformers as much. Mm -hmm. Uh, she definitely doesn't have the experience, which is why I chose, and this one specifically because of how different it is compared to the other ones. Yeah. Um, she liked it, but some of the control things were frustrating, especially the, the, um, she had a lot of trouble with the inverted inverted yeah. um flood control uh but i think as i said with with a little tightening up up of that plus she's played a, a fair amount of mario odyssey and obviously that game controls so unbelievably well that going back and playing something like this it definitely does not control as well as that yeah yeah um so but yeah i th- i think she enjoyed it she she enjoyed the music um Oh, the and music is so good. It's very good, and the setting, like you said, is is also very good. But yeah, some control issues uh, hampered her enjoyment of the game. She's actually going to be on at some point tonight to talk about rookie camp games from February and March. Okay. So um, is we'll, we'll Sunshine going to be included in? Yeah, yeah, that was okay. the last March game. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. It was, we we recorded it on the last day of March. 
Okay. So, um, real quick, uh, yeah. before you talk about like the other review and stuff, I want to say in Smash Brothers, one of my favorite stages to get is Delfino Plaza. Delfino Plaza, yeah, that's just, a cool one. Just because it looks so nice and like I just love the whole island vibe that they they went with it. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Um. Okay, so the next one is uh, from IGN. IGN gave it a nine point four. Yeah. It was uh, reviewed by Fran Mirabella the third, who whose name I feel like I've heard before. Hmm. But again, that could be early days of IGN. You know, reading internet reviews and stuff. I'm not. I'm not sure, but I know I've heard that name before. Yeah. Uh, so the verdict is uh, this. This is the obviously the. the I didn't, not the whole review, but just the the end of the review. Uh, this is my favorite single-player GameCube game to date. It's completely captivating from the start, and I can't rave enough about the tight controls. It just feels right. However, I'm quite disappointed by the vacation theme and Nintendo's stubbornness to pay attention to presentation. Story and character design especially is poorly executed. I think Nintendo finds making Peach into a total ditz and Mario into a fat goon amusing, but it feels pretty lame for those of us with intelligence. <laughs> if Nintendo truly didn't care about the story, then it shouldn't have even bothered to offer up the poorly done compressed FMV sequences. At the end of the day, though, Super Mario Sunshine is about gameplay. Its depth easily passes by all the problems with presentation, sound, and visuals. If Super Mario 64 is one of your favorite games, I'm confident Super Mario Sunshine will be added to that list. Gamers looking for a good adventure cannot go wrong. So that yeah. was Fran Mirabella the third giving it a nine point four from IGN. Yeah, I mean I don't look too deeply into the story to any of these games really. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, I gotta look and see how long Mario Sunshine is. I don't really know. Eight hours it looks like. Uh, that's probably just for main story. I know it's got a lot of like completionist stuff you can do. Oh, it's seventeen hours. Okay. So 17 hours, main and extras is 23, completionist is 30 and a half. So that's a good, that's a good amount of content. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, so it's, whoops. Crap. So Super Mario Sunshine has a 92 on Metacritic. Okay. Uh, user score of 8.6. So okay. Game Critics is the the review that gave it a 60 it says to say the camera in this game is atrocious is like saying being kicked in the teeth hurts it gives the person an idea of how bad it is but it doesn't even begin to describe the agony in detail game, Meh. yeah game critics is not still around so at least i do re- i do remember the camera being kind of a pain oh game critics I... is still around really yeah that review's not up anymore it seems it looks like it's a podcast now okay interesting um i feel like the camera and all of those old school platformers are bad though you know yeah definitely um especially us now with how how good again uh mario mario odyssey comes to mind how good the camera is in that i don't know that i ever had camera issues with that but yeah yeah it's definitely uh it's and again it's it was inverted until i switched the controls which was even more frustrating than than you'd think yeah inverted i can't even believe people would ever choose inverted yeah i remember people playing halo with inverted controls weird weirdos yeah i know uh but sites like uh game pro perfect score total video games perfect score 
Um, Games Radar gave it a 90. So, yeah, it did, did review very well. Um, I, that's that's one I am I am gonna go back and play at some point. It's it's one I want to stream. I still want to do my uh, conquering Mario uh, mm. live streams at some point. I'll get I'll get to it. Who knows? Yeah, you're gonna go in order, right? I'd like to because I've never beat the first Mario. So Sunshine will be like game. Uh, it's up there. Six. I, I made a list of all the games. It's because it, you know it'd be after Mario sixty four. So it's like Mario 1, 2, 3, World, 64. 64. Sunshine then, probably. Sunshine, yeah. Although, uh, one of my nibble bits is that they're putting up the lost levels on the Switch uh, games library for Nintendo. I was just going to say, then you got the lost levels, um, which, if you wanted to count that as another game, you could. If not... That's the Japanese Mario 2. Okay. So... I don't know if I would count that or not, and I, from what I remember, remember playing of it back in the day, it's extraordinarily difficult. I do remember it being very difficult, yeah, from everybody that I know who has played it. Yeah. Uh, so again, <clears throat> Super Mario Sunshine, uh, it's a great game. Again, access is a problem with these, and and we will talk about that every time we bring up something old in Nintendo. Um, the difference here is it's a little easier to find. I think we got our Mario Sunshine disc for... We bought it recently. It was maybe last year at this time. We got it, I think, f- used from GameStop, and it was probably 30 or $35. So um, the first-generation Wii, Nintendo Wiis, also play GameCube discs. So if you can find one of those or have one of those laying around, which I'm sure a lot of people do, you can play it that way. Uh, getting a, a used and in good working order GameCube is a little bit more difficult, um, but it, it's out there. They, I just would love if they could put all these on on the the eShop, and so we wouldn't have to worry about it, you know. Yeah, and you're right. Everyone's got a Wii laying around. Oh uh, yeah, a lot Ga- of guarantee do. it. <laughs> so that that would be the, as long as it's the first gen Wii, uh, you could play GameCube games on that, which I think is awesome. Yeah. So, any other thoughts on Super Mario Sunshine? No, that's uh, kind of my thoughts. I think it's a it's an underrated Mario game. I think it's yeah. an awesome one. Oh, real quick, one thing I did want to say too is, um, so the GameCube controller. I don't know if you remember the actual GameCube controllers had two levels of for the left and right trigger buttons. They had like halfway pushed down and then all the way pushed down. Was two different mm-hmm. things. Uh, so in this game, if you lightly pushed whatever button to spray the flood, you could keep moving to do it. But if you pushed it down all the way, it would stop so you could aim the the flood. So I had to program that to two different buttons on my, uh, was it Hori or, yeah, my Hori uh, GameCube controller. That's a nice controller. It is nice. Um, That's what I use for Smash. (laughs) I did not know that they had that. Yeah. I guess I forgot completely about that. Yeah. I don't know if you're... Because you have the newer GameCube controllers, right? I don't know if they have those. Yeah, my my controllers are newer. Um, I'd have to try it. See if it would if it would work. Yeah, it's the left and right triggers, I think, do that. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, let's move on to Nibblebits. Will, what do you got for Nibblebits? Oh, boy. I have a lot. Um... 
starting with, I don't remember where I saw this, but I, I did see it somewhere online today because this was like the week of leaks. Um, yeah. But Twilight Princess and Wind Waker are apparently coming, supposedly, to um, the Nintendo Switch. Uh, there was no timetable on it or anything like that, but it did get uh, leaked out there. Who knows if that's true, but I think they should be. I'm yeah. surprised they're not already. Metroid Prime Trilogy also. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I really want to play Twilight Princess again. I've played Wind Waker a bunch uh, and fairly recently. So uh, before Breath of the Wild, Twilight Princess was my favorite Zelda game. Next, Best Buy decided to leak a lot for us this week. Um, they started off a couple days ago by le- uh, allegedly leaking what Joker is going to look like in the new Smash Brothers. Um, who knows if that's true, but they showed him off, and it kind of it looks passable to me. Um, I'm not educated in the persona and graphic design, so I don't know that for sure, but it looks good. Uh, and on top of that, they listed that uh, the Metroid Prime trilogy, A Link to the Past for the Switch, and Persona 5 are going to be all coming to the Switch at some point this year. Um, apparently, a person working for Best Buy got, I don't know, it's like the SKUs, which is like the service something number Yeah, that comes in for... Um, so you can look onto it on the computer, so on and so forth. But yeah, um, apparently they were all listed on there to be coming this year. So um, nice. that's big news. I know a lot of people really want the Persona to I be coming. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I would love to see because I've been. That's one of the games that I really feel like I missed out on not having a PlayStation. Uh, that's one I would. I, all of those, I would buy all of those immediately when they became available for purchase. Which this reminds me, I should run my my uh my the thing that i've been contemplating dan that we talked about on pond hockey uh-huh. about the playstation 4 or if i should like go in or not yeah and end up getting one uh, i'll talk about that probably in our weeks but um persona 5 is a game on the playstation that i really want to play so yeah um, so there's that and then moving on we got some interesting stuff final fantasy 7 remake development ships shifts around again uh, was one of the main headlines on Destructoid. Uh, I don't think we're ever going to see this game. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was a bad idea to begin with. And Definitely. <laughs> it's, it doesn't seem like it's going well. Basically, the article by Chris Carter said, anybody he writes about games asks, how is the Final Fantasy VII remake? And nobody has any idea <laughs> how it's coming along. The only thing they know is um, they've shifted development a little bit more again. So, who knows? I think this game's never going to come out. It's going to flop. It's going to be like The Lost Guardian, but I don't think we actually end up seeing it ever. Huh. That's my bold prediction. Yeah. And, like, the idea of them wanting to release it in parts is a horrible idea, in my opinion. I think that's just dumb. I don't know why they would want to do that. I think I think this was a bad idea. And, yeah. you know, the year that they did the Final Fantasy VII remake, they did the Shenmue III, um, what was the other thing? Was it Lost Guardian? I don't remember, but it was something else that still hasn't come out yet, right? Yeah, it was like three or four things that everyone was losing their mind out of, and we haven't seen anything out of any of them. Yeah, that was um, like four years ago now, wasn't it? Or three years ago? So it was announced in 2015. <laughs> okay, so yeah. We're going on four years, almost four years. And we literally have not seen 
gameplay, really. From have we seen anything from Shenmue Three? I think that's supposed to come out later this year, but we haven't seen. Nobody really knows. (laughs) So yeah, that at the time was a crazy E3 press conference, but not seeing too many fruits uh, from that that year. Last but not least. Borderlands 3 got announced this week, coming out September 13th. Bad news tied to it, though. It's an Epic exclusive for six months, so we will have to wait until April 2020 to play it on PC. If you don't want to go get it on the Epic Store. Um, I'm very sick of the Epic Game Store, so I was really annoyed to see this, and it's been happening a ton recently. Well, I'm Uh, probably the only one that's going to want to play it on PC, right? Depends how sweet my PC is, Dan. Right, that's true. Uh, I, I honestly, if I can't imagine Corey's not gonna get this game digitally, so you'll have it on Xbox. And I know you don't like playing. Yeah, I don't the controller, but I will all have it. If they if they add keyboard and mouse control to more games than just a handful, like they said they were going to. I'm, I'd be fine, even if it does only play at 30 frames. Like, I I just need a keyboard and mouse to control shooters. I actually saw something interesting about this potential Borderlands, um, that it might have cross-platform play. Yeah. So, we could all be playing this on different things that together. Would be awesome. Yeah, I, so, I, think I, heard, I think I saw that somewhere, too. Yep, it was on Destructoid. Um... But yeah, they said there's like a billion guns or something crazy in this. Um, it looks just as crazy as every other Borderlands game. I'm excited for it. I think yeah. it's going to be a pretty pretty sweet game. Um, yeah, I love Borderlands too. I, I liked all of them. I liked the first Borderlands. I loved the second one. Pre-sequel mm-hmm. was, was good. Oh, for anybody interested, I think the remastered versions of Borderlands 1, 2, and the pre-sequel are all out right now too. Yeah, um, I know they did the Borderlands game of the year edition yeah so and that's a free update i know for if if you own it on pc which i do uh that 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 they added some quality of life improvements so yeah uh, mini, yes minimap being one of them yeah so like all those games are now have had worked on them and they're out there to play if you haven't played them go play them they're great games all th- all three of them. actually and i never played the pre-sequel i know you did yeah yep me Corey, um, played quite a bit of the pre-sequel together i don't know I don't know how that stacks up to the other two. Probably fine. Uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's fine. A lot of people were annoyed because you're on you're on a moon for it, so the gravity is less than. So you're flying around a lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's how I said you should you should have had to play Destiny when you were on the moon or even Mars. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are all mindable bits this week. Uh, check all that stuff out. Um, yeah. I've got a few here. Um. Oh, this was a, an exciting one until I realized that I couldn't use this. Uh, so if you're an Amazon Prime member and you do the Twitch Prime connection, uh, you can get a free 12-month Nintendo Switch Online subscription. Uh, and from what I gather, it will add, if you already have one, it will add on to what you already have. Uh, the problem with this is it only works for solo subscriptions. It doesn't work for family subscriptions. So okay that's a bit frustrating but very much so yeah i wonder Uh, wonder why what makes it harder to not work you know yeah maybe even if they did like six months free for 
family uh, Nintendo Switch Online. That would be cool. But anyway. But no, they don't want to do that. No. Uh, Halo the Master Chief Collection may begin its release on PC this month. Uh, not sure which, which game specifically, but I would Reach. love to see that. Is it Reach? Yeah, they're going uh, in order of timeline. Oh, yeah, the Master Chief Collection and Halo Reach sometime in April. Yep. Cool. Uh, apparently it was announced on April Fool's Day, but it's not a joke. <laughs> so that's good. I hate April Fool's Day, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of it myself. Although, happy birthday to Corey. His birthday yeah. was on Monday, on April happy, Fool's Day. So. Happy birthday, Happy, happy belated. Uh, this one I thought was awesome, and I would love to, like to see more of this in games. So your Civilization Six save games now will cross both PC and Nintendo Switch. So you can be playing a game on your PC, save it, you save it to the 2K cloud or whatever, and you can pick up where you left off on your Nintendo Switch. So you're going on a trip, you can play it that way. If you have a long train ride, you can continue your Civ Six game uh, on the Nintendo Switch. That's pretty sweet. Which I thought was awesome. So, um, I love that they're doing that. I think that's a brilliant idea. I do too. It's uh, making me that much more tempted to buy it for for my <laughs> Switch. I actually thought about it the other day. I've got it on my wish list. If it comes down in price a little bit more, I may I may bite. Take the plunge. Yeah. And um, then my last one, which I, I hinted at earlier, uh, Super Mario Lost Levels and Punch Out are coming to the Switch this month on nintendo switch online so be nice to revisit punch out a little bit and mario lost levels is something i've only briefly played so would like to try that i wonder why they're only doing nes games i don't know i feel like the nes is the least popular of the old nintendo consoles yeah and those games definitely don't hold up as well as even super nintendo games do yeah so i'm surprised that they're not doing any snes or Nintendo 64, but maybe that's for E3. Who knows? Maybe. Although everyone's dropping out of E3 now. Not Bethesda. Not Bethesda. Uh, Devolver. Devolver said they're going to have their their crazy press conference. Which, by the way, Bethesda said they're not showing any Elder Scrolls or Starfield stuff, so what are they showing? I have no idea. Rage 2 for the third year in a row? Well, it won't be Rage 2, because that comes out in the beginning of May, I think, right? Rage 2 DLC? Probably DLC, yeah. (laughs) I dare them to talk about Fallout 76. Oh, that would be great. That would be a great trolling opportunity. Uh, But no, Nintendo's going to be there. Um, They're going to have their their Nintendo Direct, and then the Treehouse stuff, which I love. It's my favorite part of E3. Uh, Microsoft is going to be there. Just Sony it, dropped out, and then EA dropped out. Like anyone cares that EA dropped out? They and I think consistently had the worst press conferences for the past however many years. Every year, ever. Um, I know CD Projekt Red. So this is a big E3 forum. So I'm guess we're going to see a lot of Cyberpunk. Um, and I think we see some stuff. I think Microsoft's going to go big if Sony's not there. Yeah, oh yeah. All the attention's going to be on them. They're going to do something stupid by announcing something a little too early. Or maybe them and Nintendo will announce something something together. <laughs> Could you imagine? B- they're BFFs now, apparently. 
I would be all for that. Like, I know Microsoft's been working on that, like, cloud thing. Yeah. That they can put their games on. So I wonder if they get that and then say, hey, it's coming to Switch. You can play Crackdown 3. I wouldn't be interested in that, but a lot of the other stuff that they have, I would I would love to play on the Switch. I just wanted to pick a game that was just mediocre. Yeah, mediocre is a good way of putting it. It wasn't bad, it was mediocre. Yeah, I didn't want to bury it, but I didn't want to give it credit either. Uh-huh. Okay. How was your week, Will? Uh, pretty good. I've been playing a lot of video games recently. I've been trying to finish Assassin's Creed Origins, which I'll talk about a little bit in uh, what we played, but... I'm currently in a conundrum with what I want to do with my money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been talking to Dan the last couple of days. I'm going to upgrade my PC at some point. Probably over the summer is when it'll happen. Um, but maybe earlier because I've had this hankering to get a PlayStation 4 again. Uh, and the reason being is I want to play games like Persona 5, which that might be coming to Switch now, so that's not as high on the list. But I never played through all of horizon i never played through all of god of war um i put maybe three hours in god of war which isn't enough i never played um uh, what other games did i miss oh i wanted to get um ghost of tushima tushima on it tushima tushima um that's what i want to get and play there's a couple other games that i'm just forgetting oh days gone is another one spider-man is another one too all those games i want to play really bad but i'm sitting there wondering i'm like wow we're so close probably to the next consoles we're like probably a year and a half away is it worth me spending 300 400 to get a new playstation when i'm probably just going to be getting the new playstation next gen anyway um, so I'm kind of going back and forth right now. I'm leaning towards doing it, uh, but I want to get a four, uh, a four pro, which I don't have a 4k TV. So then that's more money that I got to spend. So I don't really know what I'm going to do. Um, if anybody has any thoughts, well, we uh, got feedback about upgrading a PC actually. Oh, really? Yep. Tino. Ooh. So I, uh... I don't know if you want to wait until then to talk about it, but. Yeah, let's wait till feedback okay. uh, to talk about it. Well, um, talk about your PC you can, if you want to talk talk out the uh, PS4 Pro and 4K TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll wait to talk about my, my PC stuff. But yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking about. I want to do it because I have things like Rock Band on my Xbox, which I can all trade that in because I haven't played that in like a year. Uh-huh. two years at this point so i could like trade that in i got a playstation 3 that i could trade in for like probably some pennies um i don't know i've got some things that i can trade in i just don't know if i want to do it my friend has my account now so i'd have to start a new account because <laughs> i sold my playstation to him and i let him use my account for all the games that me and eric game share on oh that's right yeah yeah so i have to like make a new username which i'm fine with whatever um that's fine but that's uh that's kind of what my conundrum right now uh i think you do you have an opinion dan i can't remember if you cared either way uh no i i don't necessarily i mean i would i would upgrade my computer Mm -hmm. before i got a playstation um because there's only a couple like i do want to play god of war i want to play ghost of tsushima but for me that would be enough to to get a 
get a PlayStation. Uh, Bloodborne, um, Bloodborne is on PS Now. I don't know what else is going to come on come on to PS Now. Yeah, um, I'd rather subscribe to that for a month or two to play that, play Bloodborne or whatever. Well, so actually, this is another interesting thing that I I saw online. Who knows if it's true, but Sony might be developing games for multiple generations. So I'm wondering with Sucker Punch's Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Last of Us 2, if those games... Because really, we've seen nothing from them other than their initial um, E3 presentations. Yeah. We haven't really... We haven't seen anything from them. So I'm wondering if they're going to come out late PS4 and then double launch on the PlayStation 5. Yeah, like like Breath of the Wild did for Wii U and Switch. Exactly. So I'm kind of thinking, well, if those are the main games that I want to play on it, because Persona 5 is going to come to the Switch, so I'll probably get it on Switch. I could probably procure a PlayStation long enough to play more Horizon and God of War for cheap. Um, I could even get a Slim for like $200 refurbished and whatnot and just sell it away if I really wanted. So I'm like, maybe, maybe that's what I do and don't go to go the, you know, get a new PlayStation. Um, you know, I let Corey borrow my Xbox, so (laughs) I can just borrow someone's PlayStation for a bit. So I don't know. Corey, Corey got rid of his Xbox and he has yours. That was, it's a, so, I don't know if you know, but I bought or I let Corey borrow my Xbox. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, for those that aren't in the stream, that, that it's an inside joke between and the podcast. But gotcha. yeah, so um, you know, I could do that. I don't know. There's a lot of things that I'm debating, and I'll talk about my idea for my PC when we get get into the feedback uh, part. Uh huh. Because that's another thing I want to talk about because I have kind of big plans for a PC too. Because uh, this one's old and running slow and dumpy. But yeah. Other than that, no, my week's been good. Just been working, doing school, playing video games. Nice. So. Yeah, I don't think I have anything too awful much to share. Uh, we're still slowly working through Game of Thrones. We have a couple more episodes left. Week and a half until the season premiere of season eight. Uh, it's bittersweet. Because I know it's just going to be ugly the last season, so I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I don't want it to be over. Because then it's then what? You know. I think I said this last week, but what? You know, how do you even carry on after something like that? Well, you have to find a new show that's going to take you. That's ah, not going to happen. But it's hard, yeah, because it's hard to find a show that you can get that invested into. Absolutely, especially this. You know, I've. I've watched it probably six or seven times through. It's like your office. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I, the office is kind of my office, too. We still... Uh, that's, probably, that's true. Probably three or four nights a week we watch office episodes. Sometimes we watch Futurama. Sometimes yeah. we watch Zack Scott games. It all depends on what, what we're feeling like watching before bed. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't really have anything other than that to share. Uh, so let's get into what we played. Will, what have you been playing? Oh, man. A lot of Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, I'm loving Assassin's Creed Origins, Dan. I, nice. It's a phenomenal game. It's, um... So, okay, when this game came out and you told me that the next two games were going to take place in Greece and Rome, I would not be surprised in the slightest because the parallels between 
I didn't realize how much the Greeks and the Egypts were kind of Egyptians were around like the same time and closely associated with each other. Yeah. I did not. They're only across the Mediterranean from each other. So like I'm playing our origins and like half the world is Greek, like Greek. Yeah. Uh, Like they have like their little spheres of spheres of influence. Yeah. In the, in the world. And I'm like, huh, I guess that makes 5,000% sense why the next game took place in greece so now that leak about the assassin's creed assassin's creed legion taking place in rome might i think might be true and it might not be the vikings one because the the games are so close or the the empires are so closely associated with one another that i think that the next one is going to be rome um so uh yeah but other than that like uh, i'm loving origins i think it's, I don't like it as much as Odyssey in the way that I think Odyssey is a bigger world. It's a little bit more um, fleshed out. I think the the side quests are better in Odyssey. I just think Origins is like... I think it's the second best Assassin's Creed games. Okay. Um, well, I'm loving it. I'm almost done. I'm like maybe four or five um, uh, missions away from doing it. After the podcast, I'm going to sit down and beat it. So. Nice. Okay. But anything else? Uh no, that's it. Okay. Um so I've been playing quite a bit of Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Uh for those that have played it, um I just beat um Genichiro. Genichiro Ashina at the top of uh Ashina Castle. That was a fight, let me tell you. Um uh, that was one I kept having to revisit because I would try and try and try and try and not get anywhere, not get anywhere, not get anywhere. And I'd get sick of dying and losing. So I would go out and uh, into other parts of the game and, and advance. And uh, I finally got to the part where, to the point where I could not advance in the other parts of the game anymore. So I was like, all right, I'm going to learn this guy's moves. I'm going to beat him. So um, I learned, I got to the point where, cause this is a, it's a three, three phase boss fight. Uh, got to the point where through the first two phases I would not get hit. Um, I learned his moves so well I could block and dodge everything and not get hit the first two phases. And then the third phase, I would just crumple. You know, he yeah. he would just he would just just I don't know I I would just Crush crumble. You. I would I would start to get nervous. I would make one bad mistake and I would pay for that mistake. And then you know once you start making once you make that mistake and then okay you try to heal but he's fast and it's hard to heal uh, on this in the this particular boss battle so you know you would just end up dying uh it was terrible uh but i i finally beat him so uh that was that was a great weight off of my shoulders and i'm 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 slowly slowly but surely working through the rest of the game um i'm at the guardian ape now which i think is going to be a, a tough fight but uh, i've i've gotten through his first phase so far so hopefully i can uh continue and then uh, for my Switch game, I decided to pick up uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker again. Uh, I figured rather than buying another Switch game to play right now, I would play through the ones that I already have that I haven't beaten. There's a couple of them, uh, that being one of them. So uh, I've played that quite a bit at this point. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good game. It's a $40 game, a lot of good puzzles in there. It's it's fairly simple, but there's some, some challenging parts to it if you want to end up doing everything in the game but uh it's it's a nice uh 
antidote to the stress and nerves of Sekiro because you just walk around and and you know essentially in the Mario world and and collect collect things for puzzles and beat puzzles so uh definitely definitely some relaxing stuff after after the stress of Sekiro yeah um I actually haven't gone back to Sekiro since we did our episode on it yeah I will um I just want I once I get playing a game a bunch like I just stop won't stop playing it uh but i want to get back to it um it's very hard though and i'm intimidated going back in yeah that i'm gonna forget everything um yeah no that's 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 why i want to i'm not gonna beat it all like at once it's it's gonna take me a while i think because i also don't like to play it to the point where i start to hate it you know where i just keep beating my head against the wall so i'm fine with playing it for half an hour here half an hour there hour here hour there uh, and if I don't advance, then I'll just play something else. Because um, I do, I do want to beat it. Uh, you know, we we had the the talk in our Thumbstick Athletes chat again about difficulty in video games, and um, there's actually been a lot, a lot of discussion about about uh, Sekiro specifically and, and difficult video games. Um, you know, people people on both sides of the coin. Uh, but but you know what what I was saying is the more I thought about it, the more I was like, oh, it doesn't really need an easy mode. I don't think. There was actually a Kotaku article that was titled "Easy Modes Have Never Ruined a Game." Yeah, and I was like, "Well, when the game's object is to being hard, yeah, that kind of completely changes the game." Yeah, and uh, I mean, from software, always wanted to make games that you know you had to overcome. And, Not for the week. And there was, yeah, there was, you know, of course, discussion in the comments, but most of the people were like, "Yeah, it doesn't need an easy mode. It shouldn't." The developer should not be forced to put an easy mode in, in a, a game that's designed to be difficult. Yeah, and I get why people would want an easy mode, and you know, I I, I understand that and think it's fine. I just personally think it doesn't. Yeah. Um, and uh, Eric started playing. I'm not gonna get too much into his thoughts, but so far he really likes it. Uh, I think he started playing. Was it last night he started playing it? Or the, the two, night before? Two nights ago. Two nights ago, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so I'll have him talk about it when he, when he's uh, the next episode he's on for. But he he really likes it so far. Um, so I did want to give his his brief thoughts on it too. His dumb thoughts. <laughs> uh, I think that's everything. Yeah. I, honestly, we haven't. <laughs> we've been playing a lot of games, but it's been one or two games as opposed to a wide brush. Uh, amount of stuff, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, because as I said, I'm trying to trying to beat things. Like I said, I I I haven't picked up Captain Toad since like last late spring. I think was the last time I played it. Uh, it's just been sitting, you know, sitting in my game case. I wanna I wanna beat some of these things. I've got to beat uh, Bayonetta two again. So that'll probably be the next thing I play on the Switch. Um, I have Child of Light on the Switch that I'll probably play. Oh, that game's so good. Yeah, because I bought that as soon as it became available, and I just I haven't played it. Uh, but then a game like uh, Darkest Dungeon, I don't know if I'll end up beating. Um, that's one I probably put, I think I have to put like 30 hours in the Switch version. I don't know if I'll beat that because of its its difficulty. <laughs> Darkest Dungeon's one of those games where if you put your time into, I consider you beat it. Like I'm doing the backlog challenge. If I had that on my backlog challenge, I don't. I wouldn't say I'm done with it when I beat it. It would be I've put 40 hours into this. I've done my time. You've done your time, but you haven't beaten it. Yeah, no, no. But I would, that would take it off my my oh, backlog. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, okay. List. Yeah, that's kind of how fair. I 
how I would do it. That's fair. All right. Uh, let me call it feedback here. Last I checked, we had two pieces. Dos. Oh, three pieces. Woo! All right. Uh, let me take a drink before I do this. My mouth is getting a little bit dry. Pound some water. Yeah. So Beardless is teaching me a little history in the chat. Okay. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, so I said in the origins that Greeks and Romans are in it. Uh-huh. And he said Romans, not Greeks. The Greeks um, had long since been absorbed by Rome at the time when oh, okay. origin starts. Oh, okay. So it makes a lot more sense in the context of the story because it says like a Greek soldier for like the name. Yeah. But the Romans are running everything. Um, so he said, Odyssey's 400 years before Origins. Um, okay. So ancient Rome hadn't survived long after we switched to the AD calendar. So I said, does that mean that if the next game is in Rome, the time period will be close to Origins and not Odyssey? So that's kind of... Gotcha. If there, the next game is in Rome, it would probably be when does or- what What year approximately does Origins take place? Do you know? Do you remember? I'd have to look because yeah, I'm not up, really sure. Interested. Wait. Do you know what year Cleopatra lived? Yeah. Right around then. Okay, she's she cause she's in the game. Yeah, she's who you're helping. Okay, cuz uh, that's that's for okay, for Oh, that's the good time and that's that's when Julius Caesar was doing his stuff. So I've just met Julius Caesar oh, actually. Oh man, that's that would be a perfect time period for to have a Roman thing too. Honestly, like it's really cool helping Cleopatra. And like I'm learning that her brother uh, plot me, plot, 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 plot me. Man, I'm gonna butcher I these yeah, names. I don't remember the remember the names that well. Yeah, he's kind of taken over, and he's like the false pharaoh, and she's like thinks she's the real queen pharaoh. Okay. It's really it's amazing, and like when you're in Giza climbing the pyramids. Oh. <laughs> nice. I see. I was I love the historical aspect of these things. So actually, when I get part of the reason why I want to get a sweet PC, um, I want to play Origins and Odyssey on it and get real into it with top-notch looking graphics. Yeah. Uh, so he says the narrative in Origins has some of the dopest historical shit in the series. It's great. Ah, I love it. Oh, there's not enough games in 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 that time period. Go ahead. So I wanted to bring this up real quick. The Assassin's Creed Three remake came out or remaster. Did it come and out? I was, it's out, yeah. Okay. I was getting so mad because I follow the Assassin's Creed subreddit, and uh-huh. they were patting each other on the back about how it's the best Assassin's Creed, how the new ones aren't Assassin's Creed, how they need to go back to the old style of linear storytelling and terrible mechanics. I was getting so frustrated reading everybody's hot takes. I was like, Origins and Odyssey are some of the best Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, they're not Assassin's Creed, but everybody was complaining about how stale the series was. Really? Yeah, people were. It was the, like this. The series was on life support, really. Oh yeah, it was terrible. I mean, so, uh, uh, Unity was terrible. I think Syndicate was a little bit better. I yeah. Well, Syndicate actually, people like Unity and hate Syndicate. Really, which... I thought I thought I never played Unity, so I but I I thought Syndicate was was okay. It was so I think not it's like, as good as the brief time I spent with Odyssey. I think it's uh, part of the launch issues ruined that game i think it was a better game than when what it was going through when it first came out because we all jumped off board immediately after the launch issues yeah never played it 
liked Syndicate because it was at least a game that worked. Yeah. But like, as Beardless says, Origins has some of the best storytelling in the series and the coolest historical stuff. Like Egypt is amazing to yeah. like be in. It's just, it's my like the game are phenomenal. The last two, so um, it's awesome. Yeah, I uh, I'm excited for the next Assassin's Creed. There, uh, uh, there's a reason the boat mechanics were the most believed aspect of AC3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and those continued into Black Flag. The th- the part that Black Flag, that made Black Flag amazing was the, the pirate stuff, the ship stuff. Yeah. Uh, that was amazing. But then when you, when you got on land or, you know, went to jump onto someone else's boat to kill everyone on it, you're, like, fighting with the controls again. And honestly, like, the last, the most two recent AC games, like, I've not had an issue with the mechanics at all. Not, like, the fighting, the assassinations, like, I've, like, people want the game, or the, the series to go back to eavesdrop missions and, like, tailing missions and, like, and I'm like, you guys are crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait to have my time with uh, Odyssey. That'll probably be over the summer for me. We'll both be playing it over the summer again because yeah. that game's oh, so good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, where were we? Oh, Tate. Tate's feedback. So he says, Sup, guys. Uh, I was one of the people last week that completely spaced that you were recording on Wednesday, so I did not get a chance to write in. But first of all, I wanted to give Corey an explanation for why NCAA Football 14 is my number one game. College football games are way better than the Madden games, in my opinion. There's way more to them than any Madden game has ever offered. With the recruiting, the rivalries, the stadium atmospheres, and the traditions, the jerseys, everything is just more detailed and more in-depth. Madden sucks now and has for quite a few years, in my opinion. They discontinued NCAA games after 2014. Since I haven't had any interest in Madden for quite a while, NCAA is my go-to if I want to play some football. I've gone back to it over and over again, uh, and I have just as much fun every time as I did the first time I played it. I played through probably 20 full seasons or more on that game without simulating any games, and I always get a kick, no punt intended, I mean punt, uh, out of taking a crappy college team and making them national champions by recruiting great players and winning based on my skill playing the game rather than how good the team is already. So there's my long explanation of why it's my number one. It will forever be my go-to until they come out with another one. Uh, also, I had a couple things I want to share with you that I thought were hilarious, as well as hit my nostalgia buttons a bit. Uh, this is the first picture which Mass, Mass Effect fans will enjoy, or the first is a picture some which Mass Effect fans will enjoy. Uh, some guy posted this and said, these two points will come in handy, going to make him the greatest soldier in the Milky Way galaxy, Rip Jenkins. Uh, it's a picture of, I don't know if you remember the, from, the first, from the first Mass Effect, the two squaddies that you have, mm-hmm. uh, that are... Oh no, Jenkins and uh and Caden. Uh Jenkins gets killed like immediately in the game. Yep. <laughs> so the person put the two skill points into I forget what it is. Hang on, let me. Uh into pistols. Yeah. So the person put the two skill points into pistols <laughs> to try to try to save uh Jenkins, but <laughs> Uh, so he says the second one is this video it got me in the feels for those old times halo parties and playing online with friends simpler times uh he posts a video which i'll post on our our twitter i didn't get a chance to watch it yet but i'll put it up put it up on twitter he says by the way i forgot last week uh so i would like the game steam world heist from a couple weeks ago thanks anyways hope you all had a great week pot on taterade out thanks tate good explanation on uh ncaa 
Yeah, I, I, I would definitely like that more than more than Madden. No question. I can't believe they haven't since made another NCAA football game. I'm very yeah. surprised. I thought that they would have, you know, rolled back on that by now. But who knows? Yeah, someday. Hopefully, it comes back because those were the best football games by far. Yeah. NFL 2K5. Oh yeah. All right. So this is from Tito, who says. Uh, Tito from LA says, I didn't get a chance to read all of Kotaku's article on Anthem's quote-unquote demise or troubled production, but it's gotten to the point now where I have to ask a question that no one else seems to be asking. Why is Frostbite being forced upon developers when, after years of being used on several titles, especially from Bioware, it's clear it hinders the developer's ability to make great games and work efficiently? Uh, you would think that if Frostbite is such a huge headache, then stop using it. But EA, I'm sure, is behind the decision in trying to save money because who cares about making a great game and giving the developers the best tools to work with. Decided to bite and ordered a bunch of upgrades for my computer. It's been showing its age. I can't play Assassin's Creed Origins, and the Vision 2 runs okay at the low settings. Technically, it's a new build, but I'm keeping my case and power supply. Quick overview of the specs. He's got an i7-9700K, MSI-Z390 A-Pro, MOBO, motherboard, RTX 2080. Why, Tito? Just why? Uh, one terabyte <laughs> M2 NVMe hard drive. He said, I wanted to pay as little as possible and was thinking of going uh, Ryzen AMD build, but I trust Intel and NVIDIA too much. I regret it, though, since it, this might be unnecessary depending on how Google Stadia pans out. I just hate paying for a computer that becomes outdated just four months later. I also had to upgrade my BenQ monitor since my 144Hz monitor doesn't have a display port and the RTX 2080 doesn't have any DVI ports. I kept the, kept it in the same family of monitors, though. Uh, just bought a newer BenQ model that comes with a display port. That's all for now. So first, let's talk about uh, about Frostbite. That's actually an interesting point he makes. Why? Why yeah. do they keep being forced to use it? Yeah, I know. That was uh, a lot of the trouble behind Mass Effect Andromeda development was having to use Frostbite. Because uh, I know Frostbite is a good like first-person shooter um, I, engine engine thank you that's what i was going for uh engine but it, i feel like the rpg stuff in anthem and mass effect andromeda is what made development for those games hard i that bioware article about what happened with the mass effect andromeda stuff i guess they had it explained to him from somebody who worked on the game that said say you have a sports car that's meant to go fast uh-huh and that's all it's really good at. And then you're trying to force it to do things that's not good at, like... Um, go off-road. Go off-road. Um, be able to... I don't know. I'm bad with cars. Maybe accelerate. I don't know. I'm really bad with cars. I'll butcher the analogy if I keep going with it. But that's the issue that they had. It's a really good sports car that'll go super, super fast, but it can't do much else. Uh, so that's the issue. And i thinking... Why do you keep having to use it? And that's, you know, must be it. EA is probably forcing it. Yeah. Yeah, Beardless <laughs> says a good amount of EA's higher-ups are former DICE employees. That would so make a DICE, lot of sense, I mean, yeah. Frostbite was, was, that was the Battlefield engine, right? And that's that's what they yeah. use for the new Battlefront. Um, but it doesn't work as well with, like I said, more RPG-type games, right? But you would think a company would be forward thinking enough to be like well okay this works for our shooters but maybe we should have something different for 
our deeper RPG games. Yeah, let's you know? just, let's use Unreal like everybody else, or what have you. I think even Unreal is either really cheap or like free to use now t- to license. Yeah. Well, then you might run into an issue where you have to have your game exclusive to the Epic Game Store. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe. <laughs> Beardless says I should say former Dice ex- executives. Yeah, that's that stinks. Especially yeah, it... you know, Bioware is making RPGs; they're not making shooters. It's well, yeah, and who's losing out? Yeah, Bioware. Yeah, it's too bad. Bioware and the fans are the ones that are losing it. Yeah, I don't I wonder... know how much longer Bioware has. If... Probably not much. I mean, Star Wars: The Old Republic was kind of a flop. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Respawn's uh, Star Wars game. It's Respawn, oh, man. right? Yeah, if that comes out and it's huge and like really popular, yeah, Bioware well, can't make another Star Wars game. No, unless it's Knights of the Old Republic and not a Frostbite Knights of the Old Republic. And that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> like, what They're going to bring out uh, Knights of the Old Republic, is it going to be good with that engine? Probably not. Unless they get really good at developing for it. Yeah, I don't know. I actually heard a rumor that Disney was trying to start their own uh, game studio again. Oh, really? Yeah, because of how, how badly mishandled uh, Star Wars has been by EA. Oh, it's been bad. Yeah. How many games have they canceled that were Star Wars games? At, At least, least three. three. Three, I think. At least three. And the two that came out, the Battlefronts, weren't great. No. Not at all. They're in a bad way, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, they just print money with FIFA. <laughs> that's true. They do have the sports games. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, uh, Beerless says, like the part of Jason's article where Peter Soderlund is obsessing over Anthem- Anthem's look. Says a lot. Yeah, I mean, the, the Frostbite engine looks good, but you can also get engines that work better for RPGs that look just, like, look great, too. You know, yeah. I I just don't understand why. I know it probably saves them a lot of money, but in the long run, if Bioware is putting out good games that play well, more people are going to buy them, but because of their last couple, who's going to trust a Bioware game, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, gameplay-wise, I thought Anthem was good. It, it That's not... That wasn't the problem with, with that. Um, it was... It was the in-between stuff and the menus and stuff that were just bad terrible yeah you know you spend half an hour on a mission and then 20 minutes putzing around in the menus and all that stuff that's that's what what sunk it for me yeah yeah uh okay oh pc upgrades so there you go well uh so he's got an i7 9700k uh that's the overclockable i7 MSI Z390, A Pro motherboard, RTX 2080, uh, one terabyte and M2 NVMe hard drive. Uh, big fan of the N- NVMe hard drives, the M2s, because um, they plug right into the motherboard. You don't need to have, you don't need to run cables, especially, um, you know, when I'm building computers. When I have to put a stupid old hard drive with a stupid old cable, uh, both power cable and the the SAT SATA cables, it's just blocks so much like cooling flow in your case that the the nvme just plugs right into the motherboard it doesn't barely uses any power they're super fast that's really the way to go nowadays um so if you can do that by all means um rtx 2080 that's a great card that'll last you a while 
uh, i7-9700K. I'm still running the i7-2600 from eight, eight, nine years ago, so uh, that should <laughs> that should last you a while. Um, yeah, that's that's some good stuff. And it's nice that you don't have to upgrade your case and power supply. That saves you, yeah, hundred and fifty, two hundred bucks probably. Unnecessary expenses, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Tito, I'm actually with you. My PC can't run Far Cry 4 on high settings. I have to bump it down to medium. And that game came out like six years ago, five years ago. So it's kind of frustrating. Uh, so I've been talking to Dan, and we've been plotting out my my new build the last couple days. So I'm pretty it, excited for that. Your computer should be able to run that. We probably just need to tinker with it, because I played Far Cry 5 on my computer. Fine. It mostly ran at 60 frames mid settings yeah but i'm gonna be a snob i want to run things how i want to run them oh i don't blame you i it's much easier because um i built a computer that had two gtx art no rtx 2060s yeah or no i had one rtx 2060. i don't know it doesn't matter but i built a like a high-end gaming computer that we made for one of our one of our clients and uh it was nice to be able to just hit maximum everything and just play it that way because i have to tinker a little bit with my settings and stuff so yeah well okay so to get it to me... run on medium at, at good frame rates well what made me want to upgrade is a i was looking forward to playing final fantasy 15 on pc for like two years and then when it wouldn't run very well on my computer kind of solidified this but like i can't even edit stuff on my computer because yeah. a i have no hard drive space because of god knows why um I can't have programs to do any editing on here because I have no space. Everything runs slow. Um, my uh, keyboard sometimes doesn't respond with my computer, so I need a new keyboard anyway. But I also have no ports in my computer to plug anything else in anymore. Um, I'm still having that old school blue cable. Where you have to screw it in and out of the monitor and the VGA. Uh, the VGA cable for my one monitor. I don't want that anymore. That's frustrating. That hardly even works. Um, yeah, all of these reasons. So I I want to upgrade and go big. So that's what I'm planning. Uh-huh. Yeah, we can we can certainly do that. No more of this old piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's up, Tito? We're just talking about your feedback, actually, and your your computer upgrades because Will is also going to upgrade his computer. Yep. Um. My friend Tim, who you know well. Mm-hmm. Will, uh he's got two rtx 2080 ti's uh i don't know if i talked about this uh uh, on air or not but uh he was he was texting with me the other day because he was playing his games on a 4k tv he's like so even though i get or it's saying i'm getting 90 to 100 frames per second i'm not actually seeing that right i'm like no your 4k tv is only 60 hertz that's all you're gonna see Uh, and he was devastated so I had been pushing the ultra-wide high, high G-Sync monitor on him for a while, uh, but finally I think he uh, he saw the light, and uh, he ordered himself a 34-inch ultra-wide 1440p G-Sync monitor to go with his, uh, his, his monster machine. He's got a sweet machine. I still have to go over there and, and see it in person, but yeah, he's... Yeah. He, he said it's it's something else. I think he played Far Cry... Because some of the games he was playing were having trouble running with the two cards. Uh, but he said Far Cry New Dawn was unbelievable. It, yeah. With the, two, with the two graphics cards going. Uh, high frame rates, ultra-wide, 1440p. He said it was... 
It was unbelievable. So now, if I want a game to look the best, do I want to go G Sync or 4K TV for my a playing screen? Well, you said you don't care go uh, to go above 60 frames, right? If you don't yeah. care about going over 60 frames, then I would go this the 4K the 4K TV. Woo-hoo-hoo. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, he says, looking for a monitor with that was higher fresh rate, 1440p, but I don't need FreeSync or G-Sync. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure they're out there. Uh, he got the Alienware ultra-wide, ultra-wide 1440 um, G-Sync monitor. I think it was it was like 800 bucks or something like that. But, yeah, I look forward to seeing that in person. Although, then, because I life, loved gaming on my ultra-wide, but it got to the point where any newer games, it's that much more, that many more pixels that the computer has to render, so it slows it down. So I actually switched back over to 1080p, and my ultra-wide monitor is my productivity monitor. Now I have my the streaming video and, and the Firefox and all that stuff over there. So, fun times. Man, I hate looking at stuff on Amazon, like 4K TVs, like monitors. Just like, I want to buy everything. Oh, I've got a huge Amazon wish list. Huge. Now, 4K TVs come no smaller than 41, right? Isn't I would, that, or 43? Yeah, I think that's the smallest I would go. Outside of that, you're not going to see the, the pixel density that you're supposed to. Although you're pretty close to it if you have it as your like monitor for your computer. Yeah, so, 40-ish, I would, I would I, go. I see a Insignia. Do you know anything about that brand? Yeah, it's Best Buy. I think it's their brand. So the Insignia 43-inch 4K Ultra HD Smart LED TV HDR Fire TV Edition, 229 It's not bad. Not bad That's at all. It's pretty cheap. It's very cheap. Yeah. You're not going to be able to get a monitor for that. Oh, God. I but, hope this is still available tomorrow because well, that's when I get paid. Again, it, but the, make sure uh, refresh rate is a problem on TVs. That's not a problem on monitors. Or not refresh rate. I'm sorry. Response response rate. Response what, do, what do I check for that to know? I think you have to look up people's stuff. I don't think they put ref, uh, response times on uh, on TV spec ratings. Refresh rate? No, not refresh rate. It's it'll be milliseconds response response time, but it'll be like most monitors are like between one and five ms milliseconds. I think it's response time. So basically, I gotta read the reviews. Yeah, Tito says for gaming, I wouldn't do TVs because of that issue. Uh, now I know my friend Tim never had that that issue with his um, first person shooters. Uh, it depends too if you're playing online. Like if you're just playing uh, single player shooters and RPGs and stuff, you don't have to worry about it as much. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna read while we continue and yeah. see if anybody says anything. Yeah, and then uh, a lot of times too, it's different based on which HDMI port you're using on the TV. So I've I've read people switching the HDMI ports lowers the response time for input mm-hmm. input lag. Yeah. So who knows? But yeah. Um, okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. 
Uh, so Val's coming on right now to talk about her rookie camp stuff, and then we'll get to our last piece of feedback. Uh, he says some people don't notice that kind of stuff. Some people can't tell the difference between 60 frames versus high. Yeah, uh, that's crazy to me, actually. I hardly notice uh, more than 60. Oh. Hi, Val. Oh, I have to wear an earbud. You don't have to. Well. I don't have the other head headphones plugged in, even if you just want to like hold it, hold it over your ear just so you can hear well. Tito says, Val. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a hot mess. I just finished working out. <laughs> Hi, Val. What's up? Hey, it's how's it going? 30 frames Not versus much. 60 frames is super noticeable to me, too. I actually, I kind of wish I had gotten Sekiro on PC just for that very reason so I could play it at 60, even if it, the graphics don't necessarily look as good. But go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, hey. you're going to be reporting on... February and March rookie camps. We had a little yeah. little sabbatical in there uh, with all yeah. of our illness in our house that we couldn't yeah. do it, but and back that, on track. It made it quite tricky, actually. Um, okay. So in February and March, <laughs> um, I played Death Road to Canada, Wargroove, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, Skyrim, and Super Mario Sunshine. So the mm. categories are most likely to play again, least likely to play again, and best overall experience. You're cheating. I'm not cheating. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm seeing your game list. I'm not looking okay. at your other notes. You better not. <laughs> run, yeah, run the games by me again. Okay, so I've got Death Road to Canada, mm-hmm. Wargroove, um, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, Skyrim, and Super Mario Sunshine. So, so mo- most likely to play again? Yeah, most likely to play again. Uh, let's go, because you're a Mario fan, Mario mm-hmm. Sunshine. Okay. Would, would be my guess. Good guess. What's your guess, Dan? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say Death Road to Canada. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, Le- least likely to play again. Uh, Middle Earth. Wargroove. Well, it's got Wargroove. You've Middle got Earth, Middle Earth. Mortar, yeah. Okay. And best overall experience? Skyrim. Probably Skyrim, yeah. Skyrim. Okay. Good. So, um, my most likely to play again is actually Death Road to Canada. Dang it. Um, so, it's actually been kind of interesting to be, like, away from the games for as long as I have been because it gave me better perspective, I feel like. Like, what was memorable, what wasn't. Um, and when I think back over the last two and a half months <laughs> of um, rookie camp, Death Road to Canada stuck out to me, um, and it surprised me because I don't think I would have said that was my most likely to play again had we like done it in February like we were supposed to. Um, but I think having some distance from it, I realized how like Oregon Trailish it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that aspect is kind of appealing to me. So yeah, I also feel like you didn't like the games this round as much as you have in previous. We're months. getting there. Okay, we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan's so, take bad ones. Yeah, so that's my most likely to play again. Uh, least likely to play again is Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor. Um, and I did not see your. I did not see. Your I know. Names on your I list. know you didn't. But you I just know you. me. Well, I'm with yeah. you when you do yeah. these. So yeah, you are. Um, I absolutely loved the game because it was Lord of the Rings, and like that's awesome. But I was terrible at it. There's a lot going on. There's so much going on, and I just I can't compart. I can compartmentalize my brain to do certain things, but in a game with 
like the enemies and the this and the that and the they're coming back for you like all of that i just couldn't i couldn't keep track of all of it yeah now that i think about it i should have said mordor that would make sense why that would be the game because wargroove at its base level is at least playable and you can get enjoyment out of it if you don't like that style of game val i yeah it's a bad time yeah yeah so it yeah it was um really intense like i I agree you know wargroove like i could probably pick that up and remember enough to like play it again and figure it out um yeah but middle earth not not happening (laughs) not happening. cool (laughs) awesome game but not happening yeah yeah it's one to watch on youtube yeah well, because I ran into, I walked right into like three, whatever they're called. Yeah, there was three captains three that captains. were just wandering by at the same time. Yeah. And I just like ran right into them like, <laughs> oh, hey guys, you know, like newbie over here. And Dan had to take <laughs> over because it was really bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, so my best overall experience, I can't pick one. <laughs> um, okay. I, I think that I was going to go with Super Mario Sunshine because it's like the world I'm used to and I loved the music and I loved the idea of the game, but the controls, like I was terrible and I don't know if it was just because it's like an older game and the controller was whatever. Um, So I was going to go with Super Mario Sunshine, but then I remember how angry I was (laughs) if you (laughs) want. If you watch the video, I'm like, this, like, I don't know how to do this. Like, you got to do it for me. <laughs> so I actually did watch some of it, and I Dan talked about the inverted controllers being... Yes. Being a huge pain. Oh, my God. I cannot. Like, I can't. I, <laughs> I, I have to say, like, Rookie Camp is awesome. I love it because it exposes me to so many games, and especially, like, it's awesome because... I get to experience like all these games that Dan loves and like I feel like Max will love or loves already. Yeah. So that's great, but it's kind of making me feel a little dumb <laughs> because like I can't some of these games I just can't ooh, I don't have like the capacity for them and it's it's frustrating. Yeah, yeah, that well, oh, I'm stuck. <laughs> that the we also were talking about this that like the camera and controls have come a long way too in games. Yeah. So mm-hmm. playing those older platformers can be a bad time. Yeah. Uh, for everything that they do right still, the yes. controls have gotten so much better that it's hard to go back and play those. Definitely. Uh, and you've played a lot of Mario, like you play Odyssey, like you've played all of the yep. Mario games, like right. you've played Zelda games. You've, played, you know, you've experienced the advancement in the controls, so like mm-hmm. to go back is hard. Right, and especially because I didn't experience obviously like i didn't play super mario sunshine i didn't play super mario 64 so i didn't have experience with those older you know the older controls i think the farthest back i go as far as like a 3d game like a mario is super mario galaxy and we couldn't figure out if it was the first one or it would have been the first one the first one i was really good at that one i almost beat it but then i think like i started a college class or something and it went it went kerflooey. Or I think it was actually, that might have been around our wedding. Now that I'm, th- would it have been? I don't remember. But I feel like something all of a sudden consumed my time and I was like this close to beating it and then I never did. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, so, and then thinking about best overall experience too, like Skyrim is on there. Like one that is a contender, I think too. Um, because 
just because of like how much you've talked about Skyrim and like there, you know, just the openings, it was all really well done. So, um, but when I think about it, that game kind of stands out to me as one as like that I don't remember as well as the other ones, even though I played it more recently. So it's, it's been interesting to like have such a, a time span. Yeah. I mean, that one specifically, like you, you didn't really do anything. You just wandered around. Yeah. It's not that's your fault, but I that's part of the game. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you, you know, the first hour. Oh, and, that's, okay, now it's coming back to me. Yeah, the first. Because I was like, what do I do? Because we were only like, played whatever. roughly an hour. Uh, that's not time to no. do anything in Skyrim. So Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, so I think, you know, when I think of the game of Skyrim and knowing myself as a person, I need, like, a goal. Yeah. I've recently discovered this about myself. I was just telling you this. Like, I need a goal. I need, like, an end. Like, this is what you do at the end. So if I had a mission or something where I was working towards something, that would have been good for me. But just, like, running around, I can't... I don't know what to do with myself unless I have some direct... Like, some direction. So... Yeah. Yeah. And so I would I would argue, like, yeah, that this these five games were, were a rough batch for me. <laughs> but I am very glad for the experience. And... I would have to say, like, just thinking about it, of those five games, Death Road to Canada is the one. So maybe that's my best overall experience because that's the one I remember the most and that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And and we did multiplayer, too, so that yeah, was fun. we did co-op. Once we finally yeah. got it figured out, multiplayer. took a little while. Yeah. And don't watch the Skyrim video because I said, why is there a bear in a cave? Oh, remember yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that far into that one. No, so to be fair to myself, I want to clarify. Oh, let me fix my ear again. Um, so I was in like an underground thing, like completely underground. And to me, I think of like a bear living in a cave in like the side of a mountain or the side of a hill. Yeah, Not yeah. underground. So I was like, why is there a bear in a cave? And as soon as I said it, I was like, what just happened to my life? <laughs> But it was because I wasn't expecting it to be all the way under the ground. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. In, like near dungeons and stuff. Like, come on. The cool part that... about Skyrim is you don't know what to expect going. Yeah. Anywhere. Into, yeah. Any, yeah, anywhere, really. Yeah. So. So, yeah. But I think that pretty much covers that. I feel like I talked a lot. No. <laughs> Thanks for filling Not... us in. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I'll have to do a better job picking games in, in April. Yeah. Well, like, I, I have to say, like, going into, like, this past Sunday, I was like, all right, he's going to he's gonna give me a good one. He's going to give me the one that can be my, like, most likely to play again and my best overall experience. And I was like, Super Mario Sunshine, this is it. And then I started playing, and I was like, I hate this game. <laughs> this game's the worst. <laughs> but, it, no, it was good. Learning experience. The more you pull, you get used to the bad controls yeah. to a point where you're like, okay, I can deal with these now. Yeah. But you know, so. yeah. And it's funny too. It just makes me think like when I hear you guys on the podcast, you know, saying like, oh, the controls weren't, weren't great. Now I have a better appreciation for that because I would have been good at that game if, yeah. the, if the controls had worked better with my brain or right. my brain had worked better with the controls, however you want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, so it, it gives me good perspective on that. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks thanks, yeah. For, thanks for letting me pop in. Yeah. I'll be interested to see what Dan picks for you this coming month. Yeah, he's got to pick a lot of happy games because it's 
hockey playoffs and mm, something to change the. I don't I don't know how well it's gonna go for us. And then You'll Game of Thrones is on. It, it's gonna be an emotional. Dan and I are gonna be a hot mess <laughs> for a couple months here. It's gonna be a tough April. It's gonna be a real tough <laughs> April. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, Val. We want to have uh, you and Corey for this week's upcoming week's pond hockey. So yeah, Dan told me. I'm pumped. I'm ready. So have your playoff predictions ready. Oh, I'm ready. You know, I actually made predict- predictions at the start of the season before the season mm-hmm. started. So I'm gonna find those too because I looked at them a few weeks ago and I was actually pretty close on most of the teams. Mm-hmm. There were a couple that like Buffalo. <laughs> Whoops. I thought Buffalo was going to make it, yeah. too. So, But I have a very bold prediction for the cup winner. So. I think I spoiled it. Did you spoil I think, it? I think so. Dan, come on. Does it start with the team in... Or is it the team in Raleigh? Yeah, yeah perhaps. Okay. It's a bunch okay, of jerks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the jerks of the NHL. The jerks of the NHL, yeah. Bold prediction. But, yeah? Why not? I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I hope Corey doesn't bail out. Yeah. No, it'll be fun. I'm I'm ready. I'm gearing up. Ever well, everybody's probably sick of just hearing me and Dan every week. Oh no, you guys do great. Spice it up a little bit. <laughs> no, you guys do great. Fresh blood. I see. I like your, I like your podcasts because it it cover. I feel like I listen to a lot of hockey podcasts, and it it cover your podcast like touches on everything, but not so deep that it's like I know every inch of this team. <laughs> like it's con- it's concise. Yes, it's concise. Yeah. It's efficient. Yes. Yep. I don't think we go over 40 minutes when we do it. Yeah. No, it's usually roughly about 40 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I'll be ready for that on, on Monday. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. So, we'll see you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye, Val. Thank you. All right. Uh, okay. So, we just finished with Tito's feedback. So, thank you, you Tito. Should, you should pick Hollow Knight. That game's depressing. <laughs> I've got I've got a list of games, so I'll have to tap into that. I'll I'll try to pick ones that she'll enjoy. Well, one of them was topical. Wargroove was because it, that's when it came out. So it just come out, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the next piece of feedback is from Idaho Jake, who says, "Hey guys, I'm pre-ordering Borderlands Three as soon as I get home. I pre-ordered Rage Two. Tried the Microsoft Wireless app for me to play PC games on Xbox, and it doesn't mirror my PC screen on my Xbox." So I'm not sure what's going on. Not much gaming going on, but I did take my kids to their first live hockey game, and they loved it. We saw yeah. the Idaho Steelheads versus Rapid City Rush. That's oh, it yeah. for me. For so have a great night. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna pre-order. Uh, I'm gonna get Rage Two for Steam since Bethesda did say it's coming out on Steam. Um, so I'll probably pre-order that. I think that comes out in May, right? Yeah, it comes out in May, I think. Okay, so yeah, I'm I'm, gl- I'm glad because that was one I didn't want to miss. It was one I'm I'm looking forward to. Uh, Microsoft Wireless app, I've heard that doesn't work very well, also, and a lot of people are having trouble with it. So they're gonna have to they're gonna have to figure something out. Uh, you know, get get it working. I've heard it when it works, it works really well, but that's few and far between. So, uh, and then hockey. Hockey live is is great. Best sport live for sure. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement there. Uh, it, most of the arenas I've been to, NHL, AHL, what have you, there's not really a bad seat in the house. I prefer to sit on an end, uh, kind of high up. Uh, that 
for the reason that sometimes when you sit mid-ice, you have to kind of lean to look, um, especially if you're close. You have to kind of lean around the people next to you to see around them. Which is um, annoying. Yeah, which is annoying. And, and I usually try to do, do, do the analytical view of hockey. Like, I like to see positioning and stuff. And it's easier when you're sitting on an end and kind of high up. So, uh, But at the same time, I, I, I will say... If you're, you know, don't go that often, you do need to sit close to see how big and fast the players are and how fast the game is. Yeah. Because uh, you really get a sense for that when you when you sit up close. So. But that's cool. Uh, Definitely, yeah. All right. <sighs> game giveaway time. Oh, man. I'm yawning. Yeah, it's almost 11. I can't believe how late it is. And I've been going to bed super late, so I've not been sleeping in. I don't want to get into the habit where I'm up until 4 and then sleeping until, like, 2. My natural state, I haven't been able to do this in years, but if I fall back into my natural state, it's going to bed at, like, 2 or 3. And yeah. And up at, like, 10. Yep. That's how, that's, how I, that's how I roll. That's how you're meant to be. Yeah. The winner is number two. Two is Tito. Wow. Tito, Tito. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Congrats, Tito. Get your pick of the litter here coming up. Um, one through, It's 150, right? Yeah. I'm going to cut down the list pretty soon here. Cut out all the empty numbers. It's been a while since I've been here for a giveaway, I feel like. Um, okay. First is 108. 108. 108 is Rhymeberta. Okay. Next, 98. 98. 98 is gone. Reroll. Reroll. 28. 28. 28 is Mirror's Edge a good game 97 97 i know that's on there 97 is the walking dead season two wow 79 79 the beginner's guide i think Corey likes that one I think he does too. Uh, 149. 149 is gone. 81. 81. Galaxy. Whoops. So your choices are obviously Galaxy. Let me scroll down to the 81. Uh, Galaxy. The Beginner's Guide. Uh, Walking Dead Season 2, Mirror's Edge, and Rhymeberta. So let us know what you want. I do know I am behind on games, but I have everyone's picks that they want, and I will send them out. Uh, Tate, I think I owe, I owe three games to Tate. Um, it looks like Jake has a pick, and Tito has one from a while ago, so I will hopefully email those out. Oh, uh, Tito's taking Rhymeberta. So, uh, that's one Corey, Corey likes, I think. So I will 
cross out the ones that we're not going to use and send out Rhymberta. All right. Um, uh, any other thoughts, Will? I got nothing, Dan. Nothing? Okay. Uh, so next week's episode, uh, we are going to be covering Game of Thrones games and mods for uh, other games for Game of Thrones. So I'll be talking a little bit about the Telltale uh, Telltale Game of Thrones game, which I'm not even sure if you could still buy. Uh, but I'll talk about that. There's a Game of Thrones RPG that I actually put on my computer upstairs that I'm going to try uh, to talk about next week. And then uh, the Game of Thrones mods for uh, Crusader Kings 2. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Mountain Blade Warband. Uh, there's Crusader Kings mods for Civ 5, which I would also like to try. Uh, Age of Empires 2 also has a Game of Thrones uh, scenario. So I'm going to try to get some time in with that stuff, and that's going to be our episode for next week since it's a week and a half from uh, Game of Thrones time. So that'll be that'll be something topical to talk about. Maybe I'll see if Corey wants to join in. Um, I don't know if he ended up playing the, the Telltale Game of Thrones game or not. But... Uh, and yeah. he may be interested in trying some of these or hearing about them. So, Yeah, absolutely. That's our topic for next week. Uh, anything else, Will? That's, that's it, right? That's all I got, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that'll do it for episode 402 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement. <laughs>